morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum. I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to the coaching staff, episode number 26. The jersey number we're using this time here, Tony, you want to venture a guess? Baseball no. player, I'm going to say, baseball player, third baseman. Whew, uh, not Brooks Robinson? Nope. Um... Mike Schmidt. Nope, he was number 20. Dang it. Mm-hmm. Um, he guest starred on an episode of Cheers one time. So that should give you a hint as to Wade Boggs? Wade Boggs. It is the Wade Boggs episode here, Tony. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you very much. Episode number 26. And this week, uh, Tony and I thought we would talk about officials and working with officials. And I think the key word there is working with officials, uh, how to talk to them, what you should be looking for in officials, uh, how how you address certain things, so forth and so on. You know, a lot of people uh, think that uh, you, as a coach, you are entitled to say whatever you want to, whenever you want to, to any official. And and uh, believe me, that is not true, and, and nor should it be true, in my opinion. And so Tony and I thought we'd delve into that, especially getting into uh, postseason play. A lot of schools are starting to move into the postseason. Uh, unfortunately, my season is done, so I don't have an opportunity to talk to officials until we get to the summertime, and and for real, not until next winter. So, uh, Tony, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to let you lead here, buddy. Uh, what what are some things you want to, or what's what's? Let's start with your first bullet point here on working with officials. Yeah, um, the one thing that I, I wanted to bring up here, um, you know, you got the Hurley brothers, obviously really good players, but also run Power Five, pro, you know, top tier programs and men's basketball. And uh, I think it's Danny ended up tattooing on his, I can't remember, I think it was his, his forearm, if I remember correctly, or anyway, uh, coach your team. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times what happens is that we get so caught up with official calls that we, stop doing what our main job is and that's to coach our team and i think that's something that's very very important you know i very very rarely if ever have seen someone complain to an official and and kind of berate them and the fish oh you're right and change their call and go the other way and so you know just just a reminder for myself you know specifically coach your team you know don't get so wrapped up in the officiating because you can't control that you can control your response to the call. And a lot of times if you're wasting energy getting wrapped up in, you know, what you perceive to be bad calls, you're wasting energy and you're, and you're setting a bad example for your team. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree with you. One of the mantras that I have had under my breath during the national anthem <laughs> is especially uh, the last couple of years when our team has, has not had the experience and the skill level that maybe I've had with other teams. And one of the things I constantly remind myself of during the National Anthem is coach your team, quick timeouts. Coach your team, quick timeouts, uh, especially when you're taking over a program that hasn't had a lot of success. And so and when for me, when I'm saying coach your team, that is dealing directly with the officials. And I know that as a younger coach, uh, I spent a lot of too much energy worrying about the officials calls a lot of times. And again, this is just me uh, being who I am 
unfortunately, in this regard. Uh, sometimes one or two early calls used to really throw me off, Tony. Uh, and, and I would get upset. I feel like I'd be chasing those early calls for the rest of the game instead of allowing that to, to even itself out uh, as the game went on. Because in most games, not all games, most games, those things even themselves out. Good call here, bad call there, whatever it may be. And so I know, coach your team, when I hear that, that's the first thing that I think of is is officials and uh, just you know keeping your energy because it's hard enough you're trying to beat the other team and the other the other coach on and the other staff down the the sideline there you've got to you, you can't fight all fronts at once uh, so I wholeheartedly agree with you that uh, on that one Tony uh, want to build on that one with my first bullet point. Uh, and I kind of referenced it here a little bit ago. The officiating, officiating will even itself out, usually as the game goes along, but definitely as the season goes along. You know, you have a game. We had a, we had a game this year, our second game this year. It was very very frustrating game when it come to the comes to when it came to the officiating. Uh, we lost in overtime by one point. Our opponent shot, I want to say 28, 30 free throws. We shot 10, and we lost by one point in overtime. So very frustrating, okay? Uh, And in the heat of the moment, I was trying to keep my calm, uh, and and I got pretty worked up after a couple of calls, Uh, but but not terribly bad. Uh, But I told my team the following Monday, hey, look, this is going to even itself out. At some point in the season, we're going to have a team, a coaching staff, just as upset as us in the same way because we're going to get that type of uh, free throw differential. And sure enough, uh, in our conference tournament, we were playing a team, and I think we shot 28 free throws and they shot six, and we ended up winning by three or four points, something like that. So I think when you have those nights where the officiating doesn't feel like it's going your way, uh, you can complain about it. You can get frustrated about it. And I'm not saying, as a competitor, you should not get frustrated about it. But more than likely, I think what you need to keep in mind, and I think you need to sell it to your team, is this will even itself out. At some point, the the reversal is going to happen, or the reverse is going to happen to us, and we're going to be on the other side of that. So again, kind of getting back to what you said, Tony, coach your team, control what you can control, and you can't control those officials. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we had similar. Uh, we ended up, a game that was tight late, we ended up losing. Uh, they They made more free throws than we shot. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was hard. In fact, uh, game before that, we had a situation where we're up ten. Uh, we get a player called for a technical foul, and uh, they go on a ten nothing run, and we end mm-hmm. up losing at the horn. And yeah. those those are hard. Mm-hmm. And then the other night we go our what we didn't know it at the time, but what's going to end up being our last game of the season? Uh, we shoot thirty free throws and make you know twenty one of them. And they only end up shooting 16 free throws. And so, you know, like you're saying, just make sure you have the big picture in mind. Sometimes it might even itself out that game. You know, there are times, you know, I've seen us where we shoot a lot of free throws in the first half. And then second half, the other team shoots free throws. And one of my former assistant coaches, he's now gone over what I say to the dark side to the to officiating. Um, you know, he's, he tells me a lot of times, he's like, hey, nowhere 
in the rules does it say that it's got to be 50 50 foul calls yeah and you know a lot of times with my team when we were frustrated that we weren't getting to the line and, and shooting free throws maybe like we thought we should you know fellas we're shooting middle to upper 20s of threes a game yeah. do you think a team that shoots that many threes is going to get to the free throw line or do we need to get some touches in the post and attack going downhill at the rim mm-hmm. if we attack downhill at the rim we're going to get to the free throw line but if we stand out behind the three-point line and cast up you know 25 to 28 threes a game we're not going to get to the free throw line a whole lot mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think that you, you need to also sell that to your players if you have a player that says, oh, man, I feel like I'm getting fouled every time. Well, you're not because you're fading away or you're you're moving away from the contact or whatever. And I think that's a situation you show your player on film, hey, look, I'm not going to call that either. If I was an official, I wouldn't call that because you're fading away. You've got to, if, if you want to get that call, you've got to go in, you've got to create the contact, you've got to sell it. And and I think that it's important you, to, that you teach your players how to create that contact without getting called for an offensive foul and that type of thing. So uh, you, you don't want to go James Harden, uh, you know, try to game the game, so to speak, with just hunting fouls. But, hey, you know, you got to take it strongly. If, if you want to get to the free throw line and you don't want to get two free throws on a consistent basis, this is how you got to do it. So um, what else you got, Tony? You know, you mentioned earlier working with them, and I think a big part of it is that when you do have concerns, how you address it with them. Um, If you come across as, you know, uh, angry and kind of bite, that's a terrible call, rather than, sir, what do you see there? Yeah. You know, type of thing. And then, you know, if you get a player that gets a foul called on him or whatever, hey, what do you do there? So when I sub him out here shortly, what what can I tell him? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what what did you see? And mm-hmm. so I think how you approach it and how you work with them really, really works. Because I find sometimes when I get a little worked up, and I know that's shocking that I get a little bit worked up. When no. I get emotional and get worked up, I'll say things a little bit with not the right tone. And I'll say it more accusatory rather than if I ask it respectfully in a question. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden we've got a working relationship. They can explain to me what they saw. I can tell them what I saw. We can have a good conversation. And things can proceed but if you make it a a confrontation then it's going to be hard to you know work with them all night and and let's just be honest if you have somebody yelling at you you know we don't like it as a coach or as a teacher or whatever role you happen to be in you know it's hard to work with with people that have that type of mindset and so sometimes it's just an approach in terms of how you approach the situation with them Mm -hmm. i think that one of the things that I've tried to do is, uh, especially early on in a game, and, and, and I'll know exactly what they have called or whatever, but let's say a kid goes up and my players got position, but they come down or whatever. So the official comes over, he re- records, it, he reports it to the bench. And I'm pretty sure I know what he's calling it, but I'm like, uh, hey, Fred, what you know, what'd you see there? Uh, did, did she come down? And, and you kind of describe it to him and you talk to him in that way. And, he'll, and, the, and the official says, yeah, you know, he, you know, she had good position, but she came down on her. So then you go over while, the, while, the, while your opponent's shooting the free throw. Hey, Mary, hey, good position. Just don't come down like that. He's going to call that every single time. you got to stay straight up. And officials hear that stuff when you're, when, when you're talking to your players about those things. So I think a, a good line that I've tried to use is, uh, hey, you know, what did you see there? You know, how, how did you see that? Okay. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a good way for you to to sell that 
to, to sell that communication to, to the official. Um, you know, when you're talking to officials, uh, I, I think that uh, a, a great word to use is please, Tony. Uh, hey, please watch number two over there. Uh, it looks like she's shuffling her feet. Can you keep an eye on that for us, please? And 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 just you know, it it sounds corny. It sounds like you know, uh, straight out of a 1950s sitcom. But by just saying please, when when you're saying, hey, please, you know, you know, early in a game, I, I you know, we, we used to have a rival of ours, and one of the things that that they did in their offense was they set a ton of moving screens. And, and our, you know, their philosophy basically was we're going to set 50 moving screens and we're going to get open 48 times. And if you call two moving screens on us, so be it. We'll deal with that. Yep. We've, we've won 96% of those. So, you know, early on in the, in the game, I would tell, I would try to tell all three officials, Hey, look, we've watched a lot of film on these, on this team. They're going to set a lot of moving screens off the ball. Please watch their moving screens off the ball for us tonight. And when you kind of say it in that tone and kind of underneath your breath where everybody's not staring at you while you're doing that, uh, that helps them kind of know, hey, I've got to keep an eye out for this, and you're not making them look bad in the middle of, the, uh, in the middle of a game. And, yep. and, and you're getting your point across without making it a, a spectacle on something uh, because you know at some point they're going to set that moving screen that's going to lead to a layup or a wide open three and you're like moving screen moving screen and you know now you know there there you have it and and maybe you've got that you know that occurs in the third quarter but you get that moving screen called because of something you said very politely and respectfully two or three minutes into the game yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, is if you're yelling it out, you know, and they make the call, it looks like you are make, you are roughing the game, and all of a sudden they're going to get crap from the fans. Hey, don't let him rough the game, you know, type thing. And so, yeah, I think the discreet part of it that you mentioned there was, was key as well. Coaches, do you want to look good? Pfft, stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, send me a direct message, or you can email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some a pen and a napkin merchandise. Yeah, I really agree with you on that there, Tony. Um, you know, that, that discretion that you have with your communication and your communication level is really, really important. I, I also think it's important to remember that officials are human. They're going to make mistakes. And I really believe that, you know, you have to allow them to 
make some mistakes along the way and and fight the fight the battles. Uh, you know, Don Meyer used to call it "budget your bitches," and you know he was speaking more about administration and things like that. But I think in a game, if you're all over uh, an official every time down the floor, uh, there's a point of diminishing returns. And, and so I, I, I think that if you are patient and you have a reputation for being patient with officials, but you bring something to their attention and you get a little worked up once in a while, uh, you know, that's a heck of a lot more effective than wearing yourself out, worrying about that stuff night in, night out. And I think that when you do get upset about a call or about the consistency of things or whatever it may be, and we'll talk about consistency here in just a little bit, uh, I, I think that's, uh, you're going to get more by doing less in that regard. Is that kind of what you think too, Tony? Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, if if it's kind of like with your kids, if all you ever do with your players is get on them, get on them, get on them, then it just becomes noise, like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 yep. wah. It's the same thing with officials. I mean, like you mentioned, they're human. You know, they make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. And that's the, the human side of the game. And that's just something that you have to deal with. You have to be able to control what you can control. But I go back, you know, in terms of what you're saying, if you blow up all the time on every little call, it does become diminishing returns. Oh, he's always mad. You know, he's a jerk. It's just, you know, what happens. But if you, you know, make sure, oh, wait a second, he hardly ever gets upset. There must have been something on this one that I really need to make sure that I'm watching. That I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else you got, Tony? You know, kind of like what you've already really mentioned, Marty, is the fact that, you know, officials are human. And I've never really come across, you know, the, the officials that, that I've come across – I've never seen any of them, you know, go out and out to try to favor one team winning the game over the other. Yeah. Now, when you go into a gym, it may seem like, you know, oh man, we've had these guys here <laughs> the last however many times and they're, you know, calling the other team's players by first names and stuff like that. And you might be a little bit concerned <laughs> with that. But at the same time, you know, kind of like we've talked about, control what you can control. Yeah. You know, play really good defense, share the ball, you know, uh, have a great attitude, enjoy what you're doing out there, and lessen their impact in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can they swing a few calls here and there? Most definitely. But like I said, I think most officials go in wanting to call an objective, fair game, mm-hmm. right? And the other thing that we have to understand, too, is that, hey, this official shortage thing is real. Absolutely. And, oh, yeah. You know, and if oh, yeah. they all the time get yelled at by coaches and fans and players, who wants to keep doing that job? And if you run out of those you know, officials to do that job, then all of a sudden kids can't play games and something that's really good for kids. And so yeah. that's something else to kind of keep in mind, too, is that, you know, they are human treat them you know with respect like you would everybody else and and do understand they're going to make some mistakes but as a coach you know i've made my fair share of mistakes as well yeah i talked to my youth coaches about that very thing the official shortage and and what i tell them is listen i'm always going to have officials for my varsity games there's that's not going to happen if 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 anything's going to get cut it's going to be the youth games because The varsity games pay a heck of a lot better, and it's a lot simpler, and it's a lot it's a lot easier game to call than a fourth grade 
you know, <laughs> you call travel wrestling. Every match. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, we, we, I talked to my feeder coaches about, Hey, be careful about what you say to officials. They're trying to do their best job. Uh, they can walk away from those youth tournaments at any time. They're not going to walk away from a varsity game, but they're going to walk away from a youth league and they're going to walk away from youth tournaments because they're just going to say, yeah, it's not worth it, you know? And, and we've all seen the crazy stuff on Twitter and other social media outlets of just people being stupid, just, you know, yep. be people being stupid. And I don't think anybody really understands how big of a deal this really is, the official shortage. So, um, Outside of ADs, probably not. No, exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I do think that the one thing that you can say to an official with some firmness is you just ask for some consistency. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, you know, down there, and, and again, I think you started off, before you start getting upset, you, you have them come over during a dead ball or, or you're shooting a couple free throws. Hey, look. Uh, and this is a line that I've used. I don't really have an issue with the seven fouls that you have called on us, but it looks like we're going to the basket pretty hard too. Uh, they're coming out, and, and it looks like they're hand-checking on us a little bit as well, and you've only called them for two fouls. You know, just just try to try to look for that on the other side as well. I'm not, I'm not really saying a whole lot about what you've called on us. If, if we fouled, we fouled, but it looks like they're doing a lot of the same things to us. So, Please watch for that. And and I think that's the, the time where you can really talk to an official about being consistent. If if you're full court pressing and you're attacking the ball and you're you're going crazy ninety-four by fifty and you're getting called for a bunch of fouls, and the, the other team is going back to the over forty wide league town team two three and and you're jacking twenty threes and a half and the foul discrepancy is is twelve to four. You don't have a lot to say about the, the, the flow and the play of the game. Uh, but I do think that you, as a coach, have a right to ask for consistency in how the game is called so that your players can can adjust accordingly. Yeah, and I, that's a line that I've, I've used a lot too. You know, hey, it's you know 8-3. I have no issue with the eight fouls you've called on us. I feel like we've, you know, whether we've taken a bad angle, whether we've hand-checked, whether, whatever, I feel like those have all been fair. But at the same time, they're playing the same style we are, and we're getting similar, you know, opportunities, and we're not getting the same calls. I just need you to be consistent so that our yeah. kids know what to expect on both ends of the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last big thing that I have, Tony. Well, I have two. I have two more things. Uh, yeah. uh, last thing is, don't be afraid to use some humor with officials. Uh, it's okay to joke about it. We, we are not, when we're coaching basketball and yeah, we take it seriously and yeah, we want to win, but you know, we are not solving the Arab Israeli crisis here. Uh, we, we are not trying to cure cancer, uh, by coaching a basketball game. So I think it's okay to, to joke around with those guys, to have some fun with them. Uh, you know, uh, a, a couple weeks ago we were playing somebody and we were making the game, a lot harder than we needed to and and uh official came over and, he, and he's like marty you'll be okay i said you know fred or whoever it was we we are just doing our best to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory tonight and i you know i didn't i, I said it under my breath where, where my players couldn't hear me or anything like that but he, you know he got a chuckle with that and and um you know i had a an official uh uh, that I've had a lot over the years. And the first game that he did 
up at uh, my new job. First time we had a dead ball, I said, hey, uh, Pete, what, what, what do you think if I just started freaking out on you and just started yelling at you and we just lose it and you give me a technical and we just start going Earl Weaver on each other out here and, and people are going to be wondering, you know, what's going on? And he starts <laughs> laughing in the middle of the game and, you know, stuff like that. I, I think you have to show the officials your human side to have a little humor with them, to talk to them a little bit about that stuff. And, and I think they will appreciate your point of view that yeah this is serious yeah we want to win yeah this means a lot to us but you know it we're going to keep a perspective on it as well and i think humor can give that to you in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. so yeah and you know like you said it's okay to have a good chuckle you know i, I think you know, one of the things as a teacher, you want to have a good laugh or two every day in your classroom with your kids. And so it's the same type of thing, you know, whether it's on the basketball court, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's with officials, it's OK to, to laugh, you mm-hmm. know, not take yourself too seriously. Like you said, it's not life or death. You're not performing brain surgery or anything like that. Um, it's OK to keep things in proper perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else on officials, Tony? Yeah. One of the things that, you know. I and I have to encourage my players to do this as well. Is you know, when it's all said and done, game's over, thank them. Yep. You know, because yep. show them some gratitude because they could they could be doing a million different things and they're taking time, you know, out of their schedule. Maybe they had to get off work early. You know, whatever the, whatever the case may be, just show some gratitude. I think mm-hmm. that goes a long way. You know, I've I've heard different people say it's most people don't leave their jobs because they weren't paid enough. They weren't appreciated enough. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure that, you know, myself and, and hopefully it's a good example for my team, but they, they thank them as well. Um, yeah. You know, because most officials do a really, really good job. They, yep. they do. Yep. Yep. I, you know, that was that was the my final point as well is try to find a, a way, a time, an opportunity to thank the officials before you leave the gym that day. Uh, I know that uh, most of our games are boy, girl, doubleheaders. So in between, if, if I've got a chance, uh, you know, we get out of the locker room early enough uh, before the boys game start. I try to walk up to them. Hey, nice job tonight. Uh, you know, appreciate you guys or gals or whomever it may be, you know, or or uh, a lot of times during the boys game, I'll, I'll be standing on the side and, you know, dead ball. I, hey, great job tonight. Please, please be sure to tell your partners, you know, you know, good job. And, and, and that goes a long ways. The, you know, those folks appreciate it. And, and like you said, Tony, most of them are going to do a really good job for you. And most of them, now keyword is most. Now I can name a couple that I've had over the years that, you know, they think that people are paying money to come see them officiate the game. Uh, and, and those are the outliers and those are folks that are frustrating to deal with. And I'm not saying that they're not out there because they are. They, they Without a doubt, they are. Those are few and far between. But uh, most of those folks want to come in, do a really good job, help kids have a good experience, and leave without being noticed. That's, that's their ultimate goal. So uh, I, I think that we keep that perspective in mind. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, 
send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. You know what that means, Tony, don't you? Yes, pen and a napkin. Yeah, yeah, time for a little bit of trivia. Uh, April 1st, Saturday, April 1st, the lineup has been announced. Uh, We've put it out on the Twitter handle. Hopefully you'll be getting some flyers uh, all over the place where we've got a great lineup uh, put together. I'm I'm trying to talk Tony here to make the uh, three-and-a-half, four-hour trek across I-80 and spend some time in the Big O. Uh, and and if he's in if he's in Omaha, guess who he gets to see? He gets to see Europe as the headlining act of a pen and a napkin third annual coaches clinic. Tony, do you know who I was in talks with this week to be the opening act for Europe? I've, I've lost count of all the ones you've been in talks well, with. Well, uh, it's it's been very very frustrating. But this week, I really feel like I've got a solid lead on Buckner and Garcia. I've got Pac Man fever. It's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. They they had Pac-Man fever, Tony. And and they could be the opening act for Europe at the third annual A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic. So uh, That would boost attendance. Yeah, yes it would. Uh did you have a Pac-Man t shirt growing up, Tony? Be honest. I think I did. You yeah. know, I think everybody in the eighties had Pac-Man fever, didn't they? Oh yeah. I, I had a Pac-Man t shirt. I'm fairly confident not to go into too much detail here. I'm pretty sure I had Pac-Man underoos as well. I, I'm pretty confident that that happened. I'm pretty confident that that happened. So. Uh, I don't know if that's an image I'm going to be able to get in my mind. Uh, hey, hey, that's good for you. That's good for you. <laughs> uh, 28 minutes this week, Tony. It took us. It only took us 28 minutes. So, uh, All right, hey. Uh, I've got trivia this week uh, for two reasons. Number one, because it's my turn, and because number two, Tony sucks at trivia. So. <laughs> I don't know if I suck at it or if you don't do a good job of knowing the answers. Okay, I uh, suck at it. <laughs> Trying to answer your trivia questions is like interpreting the Rosetta Stone without a key. <laughs> uh, it's all right. So, all right. I try. I all try. right. On... December 12th or 13th, I can't remember the exact date, but I know it was December of 1983. These two NBA teams engaged in the highest scoring basketball game in NBA history. Name both teams that were involved in the game, Tony. Pretty sure one of them was the Nuggets. That is one of them. And I want to say the other was the Pistons. See how easy I make this. Look how easy I make this. Look at that. Look at that. One, you know, uh, Detro- I don't know if that's any better than the one I asked last week. D- Detroit 186, Denver 184 in three overtimes. I couldn't have got the score. I would have probably stopped at like 140, 150, but holy cow. Yeah, yeah, 186, 184, 
three overtimes. See, see how hard that is, Tony. It was a good quality question that was attainable. I, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm Indiana Jones trying to get the Ark of the Covenant here. So, ah, so simple, so simple. Sporting event you're looking forward to this week, Tony. <sighs> Um, you know, as we get to the, the end of the college basketball season, just those conference races, uh, here in a little bit, I'll flip on um, Iowa is is at home tonight. So mm-hmm. I'll watch that game. I believe they have Ohio State, which Ohio State beat them in Columbus. So yep. Iowa needs the win there because Ohio State's below 500. Uh, but I always kind of get into the, the Big Ten, Big 12 in the Big East right now, those three races are pretty good. You see Purdue starting to scuff a little bit, losing to Northwestern the other night. Yeah, um, yeah. and then you know Creighton has started to play better, but mm-hmm. that league is so tough with the Big East and the Big Twelve. I don't know of a better league top to bottom. Those have probably yeah. been those will probably be what I what I tune into here this week. How about you? Uh, I believe this weekend is NBA All-Star Weekend. I could be it's wrong true. with that. Um, yeah, because they were telling LaMelo that he had a nine-day break, and that shocked him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I will. I, I really like the new format of the NBA All-Star Game with the, the Elam ending, I believe it's what it's called. Yeah. And it's, it's made it more competitive and the picking of the teams and – and all of that type of stuff. I, I, I think that's been a positive thing that the NBA has done with that. Um, Quick question for you. Do you prefer the Elam ending, or would you rather have a shot clock? Like for high school? Yeah, for your team. Ooh. Let's start with shot clock. I, I think the okay. shot clock is more logical. Uh, I, I think the Elam ending is, you know, that's a lot of math for people to do a lot of the time. And and especially like at the high school level, if you get two teams that are not very good, uh, that Elam ending could be like an Elam ending and epilogue and, you know, uh, <laughs> document A, B, C, D. There'd be a lot of pages in that book that don't need to be there. And, and so I think the shot clock might be the most logical thing uh, to go with as far as uh, the high school type of situation. But I think you know I think it'd be pretty cool at your at your higher levels uh, if 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 you if you had that ability to do it. But I, I think the Elam ending is much more of a, a professional sport type of thing uh, okay. more than more than a college or high school level type of a deal. That's my opinion. But that's, no, I, it was what I was interested. Yeah. Well. You're welcome. There's my opinion. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're looking forward to. Uh, we'll be going down to Lincoln on Sunday uh, to to watch uh, the Nebraska game. And so we'll be doing that. We're keeping track of Carter's team up at South Dakota State. They're doing awfully well. Looks like, uh, real, you know, really fortunate. My, you know, it looks like my son's going to have an opportunity to be part of an NCAA tournament team. Uh, you, you, know, you know, he's a, he's a manager, and I, you don't realize that, but – uh, still, those those opportunities don't come along every day for for a member of your family to to be part of March Madness, and and so um, you know they have to take care of business, obviously. But we're, we're, but we're excited about that. So and that's, Michael's you know getting to see Fred as he's building that up at Nebraska. Yeah. That's going to be you know worthwhile as well. Yeah, uh, we were uh, we were in the in the gym for the big seventeen point comeback against Wisconsin, and. Uh, yeah, I mean they're 
things are headed in the right direction, and, and they the, the kids really could have tossed in the towel when they lost the two starters, but they, they've kept fighting. They've kept trying to get better. They've made tweaks to the system, and uh, just, just excited for them. So um, it's going to be a little bit emotional here in a couple of weeks. We're, we're going to have senior night, and uh, that's going to be hard uh, for, for mom and dad to – you know, we went from senior in high school, and now we're doing the whole senior in college thing, which you've done before, Tony. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, because I don't, I don't want to say anything, but you're old, you know. <laughs> you're old. I am. I hate to talk in 1983. <laughs> reason why I knew that I lived it. You were at the game. <laughs> you drove yourself to the game. I did. You, you you were sitting behind uh, Doug Moe at that game. So. That guy's a genius. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. So, uh, so we got that going on. So, um, anything else, Tony, on our on our topics on our discussion this week? I, I thought we covered a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, I, the big thing I would just give you is just be kind to officials. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my big big thing. If I could cut it into one, you know, a little little snippet there, just be kind to officials. And I say that as much to myself as I do to anybody else. Um, that job's really important. I would hate for it to, you know, the kids to lose the opportunity to play games because of our treatment of them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and I would, I would say that I would echo that as well, that, uh, these are men and women that are out there doing their best, just like you're doing your best as a coach, as an assistant coach, as a player. And so let, let, bygones be bygones again i think we i think we did a good job of explaining when it was appropriate to question some things and mm-hmm. how to question that so you know take that for what it's worth folks uh that that you know that's those those are things that tony and i believe in and uh if if, if you think that's worthwhile uh, by all means you know let her rip so uh so coaching staff episode number 26 the wade boggs episode as we uh, move forward here, uh, Tony and I have got three or four really good uh, subjects lined up here for the next few weeks. We're going to keep cranking away with this, and uh, we're really excited to, to, to move this forward. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day 